0: The Big Small Business Show is proudly brought to you by Saika. Choose a difference maker, choose a chartered accountant. The following show is brought to you by MTN Business. Everywhere you go, MTN.
1: Welcome to the Big Small Business Show, the show for all our fantastic entrepreneurs out there and many of you need funding. Well, you're not the only ones. Yes, South Africa needs funding too. Now, on the 21st of January 2022, the World Bank Group confirmed that a loan of $750 million to the South African government was approved. This news sparked strong reactions from economists and concerned South Africans alike. Now, we've invited Peter Faber, Senior Executive Taxation at PSYCARE, and Dr Sharon Smulders, Project Director, Tax Advocacy at Psyche to get more clarity on what the outcry was all about. Welcome to you both. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very me. much for Just My big outcry is your titles. <laughs> 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 They're as big as our loans.
2: <laughs> no, not me. <near. laughs>
1: let's let's t- uh, talk about, um, I, th- I think, a big part of the what I heard was the and I'll I'll start with you Peter was um, was the issue was that it was in dollar was dollar denominated uh, a dollar denominated loan so just for for the view out there why why is that different to RAND denominated loan
0: so a dollar denominated loan obviously makes us subject to currency fluctuations so if your RAND weakens your cost of repayment goes up and as we know the rand is one of the most fluctuating currencies in the world so that means you can't really determine what you're going to be liable for but i think compliments to government to date is that that mix has remained at about 10 to 90 percent so only about 10 percent of our total debt has been foreign so to date we've kept that under control and most of our debt is Rand denominated debt but I think that is the concern is are we starting to increase that exposure to a fluctuating rand now now from, from uh, uh, a different
1: perspective it could be that um, well it forces government to make sure that that the rand doesn't collapse to 18 you know, a, and it puts pressure on the government doing the right thing yep. in order Stability. to ensure that uh, the, the the cost of that loan is not increased. So it might create heightened sensitivity to that.
2: Yeah, well, I think what's important to know with this loan, and what I understand, um, is that it is the interest rate is very low compared yeah. to other rand uh, other loans that we've received. I think they said it's between one and two percent. Um, the other thing is I think there 's a three year non payment period, so we won 't have to repay that loan in the next three years, which does provide some relief, considering that the interest expense on the loans currently that we have, and our loan book is sitting on about four four trillion rand at this stage um, is is high it's it 's the biggest growing expense item on our budget yeah. um, and it needs to be reduced because that is crowding out the the spending on on stuff where South Africa really needs it education health. Uh, policing etc so it's it's trying to manage the the debts that we're taking on and use what we're getting and we were talking about it earlier is should we be using this money to pay off more expensive debt seeing that it is quite a low interest rate yeah and then the interest savings we could be used to to build capacity and productivity
1: well on that note are are there prescriptions to that loan in, in terms of what it's going to be used for could
0: we do what, what uh, the doctor yeah, so suggested. What we do know is that there doesn't seem to be many strings attached to this loan uh, and that we can actually use it for essentially what we want, uh, even though government seems to have earmarked it for relief, so whether that is in social welfare, etc. So it seems that the money is going to go into the relief fund, uh, to some fund those types of e- uh, expenditure from government side. So what you're saying is they're not
1: going to do the right thing. They're not going to get the low interest rate and pay off the expensive credit
0: card. Well, what we did see in the budget, in the medium-term budget policy, is that government had proposed accelerating repayments of debt. Um, whether that's going to happen, we're not that confident that it is. And if you just look at the actual numbers, in 2019, the big plan was we already have too much debt. We're looking at $3.5 trillion and... That was going to be the max now we're looking 2025 at 5.6 trillion rand as being the top end um and i think that is a concern so are they going to swap it does not seem from the percentage mix that they're going to use call it cheap debt to swap for but i think that said the debt makeup if you really go unpack it a lot of it is made up of things like fixed rate bonds so most of the listed debt in any way is fixed rate bonds that are and they still well subscribed I mean we're looking at some of the short-term ones looking at three so that means how many people so if they subscribe three it means three people bid for one bond yeah so it still means that they're there people still want to take on our debt because they believe government will be able to repay it um, and that that money is still good return so,
1: how have we been performing in terms of paying back our, our our debt? Are we are we good?
2: Well, it seems to be on track. Um, but as you see, I mean, if we look at the the medium-term budget policy statement, uh, the level of debt is set to rise. Yeah. Um, foreign debt was set meant to decrease in the next two years, and then it goes up again. Um, but overall, our overall debt levels are on the increase and will be on the increase.
1: And how does that relate to other countries? Because it sounds dramatic and traumatic for for you know to to somebody who's looking at this and saying. Oh my God! It, it's all gonna collapse. But you look at other countries and you see they're in and, and yep. uh, first world countries and they're in yep. far worst positions. I think America being yeah, one.
2: Yeah, the it. US definitely for sure.
0: So, so is yeah. it is it really a problem? It it depends on your economies. I think mm. it's very dangerous comparing first world country debt levels. who have stable economies because remember your debt levels. To a logic turn talks to. Your ability. So I usually try to use the analogy. If I got somebody who's very lowly educated, doing a basic job, loaning 100% of their salary, versus somebody who's a graduate in a high-paying job, doing exactly the same. You're saying they're in the same position, but they're not, because the one person is in a much better position in the long term to repay that debt than the person in the in the lower-paying job, even though both of them are borrowing 100% of their salary. And I think that is the analogy is our economy is not that strong. It's fundamentals and that's for any small business, et cetera, you just have to go outside, you see potholes, you see rails not working, ports are struggling. So the logistic, the real stuff that need both small and big businesses to grow, you need money for those. In big countries, developed countries, we're not debating whether they got potholes or whether their rails are not working. There's other types of expenditure that they're looking at. And that's the fundamentals when we look at, at that investment in comparison.
2: Yeah, and I think the other concern is, um, we were also talking earlier, I mean, 46% of our population is currently receiving social grants with grants mm. of some form. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that's definitely problematic. Until we get our unemployment rate down, um, our chances of the economy improving are becoming slimmer and slimmer. And if that's the case, then you have less money to repay your debt. Um, and then we go into the, the, you know, if you renege on your debt and the, the implications with that, yeah. it's, it's really serious.
1: And what's the uh, implication from a rating agency point of view of taking on this debt? Is it going to make us uh, even uh, l- less attractive to the rating agencies in terms of our, our rating?
0: Yeah. Well, the IMF has already Ready expressed concern earlier this year. Exactly yep. that is the point That's we've hard. been making. Is a rating agency is like a a loan bank looking at and saying what is your ability to repay so all the things we're speaking about looking at level of education yep. looking at unemployment rates looking at growth in your production and output are these things do you are you showing things of your ability to repay in the future and those are the metrics we're saying we're doing badly in we're seeing bad we're doing badly in education benchmarking we're doing badly in logistics and i think the the Rating agencies are seeing exactly that and saying, because of that, we do not want you taking on too much debt because we are going to see you run into trouble. Because your ability to grow your economy, those things are not growing. But, but, so I'm just
1: going to put two and two together. If this money is being brought in and not being used as cheap money to pay off the credit card, the expensive credit card debt, you know, the, the more expensive debt, and, or, or put to productive use in the economy to... F- fix the things that will create more jobs in the future and it's going to grants. My only conclusion can be that this is uh, to, uh, a, a, a policy to get votes?
2: Yep. I think it's to keep stability as well. I mean if we looked at the July riots um, it's, it's for stability in the country, political stability and yes it, it's a marketing tool as well to keep voters happy at this stage um, but the implications of, of us not supporting those people are huge. Um, the economy can't, can't take that chance. Um, so I don't think the government has a choice. Um, they have to give something. I don't think it's going to be necessarily a basic income grant. Uh, it might just be a continuation of the current grants, social grants that we're giving now. So it's not going to be something that's fixed and formalized. Um, as we've heard, the, the president got various opinions on this from, from its uh, its economic advisory council they seem to be against it, uh, the formal basic income grant. We just don't have the money. And I don't think this will be sustainable to, to make this a permanent thing, but they might tweak it mm. um, and extend, like I said, the social grant perhaps to keep the peace at this stage.
1: We've got two minutes left. Uh, you, you, you brought up the rights, you, know, the, the, you know, you brought up the, the rights and all the instability, which is the rights that, that happened in July last year, I think it was. It's seven, eight months uh, since then. Has, has there been any ch- shift in direction since then, other than throwing more grants at the the problem? Has there, been pol- has there been policy change? Have we seen policy change?
0: Yeah. Ah. No, but well, my <laughs> response <laughs> is the answer is probably no. And yeah. I think we'll, the medium term budget speech, once again, we've seen a lot of promises from a new Minister of Finance. Yeah. Um, we'll see by the end of this month. But as I said, the targets and the plans keep on Keep on moving, and I think that's the concern. I mean, if we look at the debt, why is it important? Um, you are certain people like the fiscal cliff study, etc., saying, Well, if you've got three items you've got salaries, you've got social wage, and you've got debt if those three items take up 100% of your budget, and we're nearly about there of your revenue, something's got to give. So, what are you going to do? You can't take away the debt. So, are you going to reduce your staff cost, or are you going to do social grants? And either way, you're going to end up with the burning, or you're going to have to borrow. To pay those things and the other stuff so if you've got no money left to buy pencils and vehicles for the police thereafter where's that money coming and there's somewhere something's got to give and I think those are the hard choices we're gonna have to make but I do think it is important to realize it's not the theory of saying well let's just take the hundred and eighty million social grants put it into the economy and over five years they, all these people have jobs mm. but they're not gonna stop eating for five years as yeah. well they, yeah. they need to eat for five so there needs to be a balance but I think one is implementation. We've all seen that whether it was the big business lobby groups, the unions. Implementation is where we're going wrong, it's not policy. Are we making sure that the bottles are fixed, that if I get to a office, there's a proper queue that's efficient, I get my license card issued, I don't have to go back three times or wait six months and the machine is replaced or not replaced and debated. Is things happening and are they being implemented and people held accountable to make sure the implementation, so let's start there. And then we can decide whether we don't have enough money or not.
1: I'm afraid uh, I have to implement an end to <laughs> this uh, conversation. We've come to the end of our time. Uh, Peter Faber, Sharon Smulders, thanks so much for being on the Big Small Business Show. Um, I asked you some, I could see there were certain questions you <laughs> we were asking that weren't uh, comfortable to answer. But I think I think it's important to have these conversations. Yep. It's, it does affect us as small business uh, a uh, the decisions the policy decisions that our government make does affect us all and uh, that's what we're here to talk about we'll be right back after this <coughs>